0: Welcome to the Transform Podcast. I'm Jackson Lowry. I'm usually behind the camera, but sadly, Andrew was sick this week, so we weren't able to kick off. I'm uh, joined this week by PJ, um, our pastor at the Renewal Campus. We're going to be continuing the series, Aren't All Religions the Same? Last week, we did Islam, um, which was a very interesting conversation for sure. Um, But this time, we're going to be getting into um, Hinduism as well as Buddhism which is definitely gonna be a tough topic for us, but I think, uh, I think that we definitely have some good stuff to talk about here. So to kick off this week, I think we're gonna start with Hinduism. Um, and I think we should start with just kind of the history. So if uh, you could just kind of enlighten me a little bit, PJ, about uh, kind of what we know about Hinduism's kind of founding and, uh, and just kind of go from there.
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. And um, we should caveat, you already hinted at this, these Eastern religions are really hard for Westerners to conceptualize. So even we probably don't give like, I know who won't give the best presentation of this. If you really want to know all the ins and outs, um, talk to somebody who is a Buddhist who is a Hindu who studies sure. this more. Um, and I think there's a temptation as Westerners too, to look at these and just say, Oh, that's weird. Um, so we want to give them respect and honor, um, but also talk about them in a fair way. So, Hinduism is really unique in that I think most scholars would say it's one of the oldest religions. Um, it's hard to date exactly. It's kind of a confluence of many people in the modern area of India. And even the word Hindu in India come from the exact same word. So if you take the word Hindu, H-I-N-D-U, um, when the Greeks kind of came to that region, um, H is not a letter in the Greek alphabet. It's not a sound that they like to make. So they drop the H from the beginning. So you have Hindu, and then Greeks love -ia endings. And so you take out the U, add Ea. Hindu becomes India so that gotcha yeah so it's really cool the faith and the the region are so tied together um, which is why if you look at modern day Hinduism it's some crazy like 90 some percent are all still in India it's yeah. kind of one and the same in a lot of ways um, but it's an extremely old faith that again has a con- confluence of a lot of different beliefs and practices that have kind of come together to form what we know as Hinduism like all religions um, like all faith groups it's diverse. And so even when you talk about Hinduism, you might say something that applies to most, but not all. And so there's a a great deal of diversity within it. Um, but that's just kind of where it comes from. And that's why you see it mostly still in India and not so much beyond that.
0: Yeah. And so kind of like what, um, you were just saying is, you know, any kind of religion, including Christianity, when it spans so many people, you're going to have um, a bit of a diversity. So we are talking in broad strokes when we're getting into kind of the core tenets and, and, uh, and the kind of doctrine, but um, that does lead us into, can you kind of tell me a little bit more about kind of the basic levels of what Hinduism is?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so I think in general, whenever I think of Hinduism, when I talk to people about Hinduism, one of the key ideas is oneness. And so sometimes even from non-Hindus this will kind of come into their thinking, this idea that everything is one. It's kind of a key idea, key term in in Hinduism. And so kind of one of the base tenets of Hinduism is that there's kind of one universal soul named Brahman and it's the source of all reality. And so Mm -hmm. you and I are one, all matter is one, there's not soul and body separate. Everything is kind of one thing. Um, Again this is where as Westerners it's just It's hard to even wrap our heads around. Somebody once described it as um, kind of like an ocean, and we're all just kind of drops in that ocean, where for a bit we kind of pop out, but we're still part of it, and then we kind of return to the ocean. Gotcha. Um, That's kind of our life. So everything is one. Um, Brahman is a huge deal. Yeah. So
0: there's less of kind of the spiritual and physical distinction that you find in a lot of other religions. Correct, yeah.
1: Um, They're just kind of different manifestations of the same oneness. Gotcha. Um, but you get, as it, it, to us, it's hard to conceptualize, but that's kind of the basic tenet of yeah. that. Um, beyond that then, so they would say each of us has kind of this eternal soul that is part of the Brahman, that's part of this kind of oneness. Um, and then that soul continues in cycles. Um, and so you have this thing called karma, um, something we're very familiar with that's a, made it into popular culture sure. language. Um, and so we typically think of karma as, you know, you do something good. Good things will happen to you. Um, kind of like a system and there's, it it kind of operates that way, but for them, they would say that your soul, while it's kind of separated from Brahman, in an extent, um, has this karma. So your actions in your present life are going to determine, um, your future life and your actions in your past life determine your present circumstances. So if you were good in a previous life, you're going to be born into situations where, um, things are good for you now. But likewise, if you live this life poorly, uh, apart from how you should, um, when you're reborn, you're going to come back in less than ideal circumstances. Um, and so with that, that um, gets to the idea of rebirth. So, yeah. this, so this soul is eternal. And so when you die, it takes a new form, um, a new body, a new life that is determined by that karma. So it's yeah, You're still in the ocean. Yes, yeah. you're still in the ocean. Exactly. So you're still part of it. It's just a different manifestation, but it's determined on how well you lived according to how you are supposed to. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so that does kind of, um, I know we're, we're jumping the gun a little bit here in our notes, but, yeah, um, no, go. what, what you brought up does kind of bring us into, um, kind of cast system Yeah. because, um, for anyone listening, I am not a religious expert. I'm normally <laughs> behind the camera, so I'm, I'm doing my best, but, um, a lot i i have seen kind of claims that hinduism does kind of reinforce the caste system because like you brought up yeah if you're reincarnated into kind of a bad situation there is generally a thought that well you kind of, you did something in your past life your your soul self did something that put you in this situation so there's kind of this idea that those in uh poverty or those in those lower castes they're there kind of for a reason
1: yeah no i think you're exactly right and just for those who aren't familiar with kind of the whole setup um, the caste system that exists and I, I, you're ex- exactly right that the again this is where the culture the society and the faith kind of are all so intertwined um this it's kind of like a pyramid of sorts where yeah. you have at the top you have the priestly um they're called the brahmins um you have next you have warriors fighters um i'm going to mispronounce this i'm sorry i don't hindu words are tough for an english speaker like me but you have the um, um then you have kind of traders merchants um the Vaishyas. And then you have the laborers at kind of the bottom rung that are the shudras and then actually beyond the pyramid kind of outside of that you have the untouchables those who work with meat who clean up trash um, and, and you're exactly right there's a big theme that um, where you're born in that pyramid is a determined determined in part a uh, big part of how you lived your previous mm-hmm. life and so it's kind of like you deserve this this is kind of what you get and so what i would encourage one to do then is to say okay i'm in this Part of the caste i need to live according to how i should live in that part and if i do that well maybe when i come back i'll be in a better part of the caste system Um, i've seen some things that suggest that at the beginning or early on um, the religious text would suggest that the caste wasn't so rigid that you kind of were placed based off of what skills you had been given Um, but the way it's definitely manifested is um, kind of what caste you're born into for the most part modern society has changed this a little bit um, it's kind of where you stay yeah. for your whole life,
0: and that's kind of like you said, where the the kind of culture and religion and the government kind of all meet in India here. Yeah, it's um, a fascinating. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's there's there kind of mm-hmm. there's a lot of layers there, um, especially with the caste system. Um, but you did just bring up um, there's uh, you, you brought up kind of some history with um, some interpretations of the holy books. That yeah. does kind of lead into my next question, which is, can you tell me a little bit more? about uh, the holy books um, and kind of the, the God structure, at least from from what we, we here understand about Hinduism.
1: Yeah, so the, the main um, religious texts that they have are called the the Vedas, the four Vedas. Um, they believe that these are divinely inspired texts. Um, they're really, I mean, it's somewhat similar to the Bible in that you have like songs, you have kind of more explanation. Um, and then you also have um, a few texts that help interpret those, like the... Um, again, I apologize for pronunciation, Upanishads, um, which are are meant to be kind of, all right, we have these texts, but what do they actually mean? So it's kind of an interpretation of them. And then you have other ones, um, probably the most notable being the Gita, which takes place on the uh, battlefield and it's this conversation about how to live life. And that's a a very influential one. Um, So um, you have these texts, the Vedas being kind of the basis, but these other ones having big influence. And um, they cover a lot and they kind of set up some of the gods and how to live um the gods are a very unique setup there too in that um again we've come from as Christians monotheism where yeah. there's one God. We talked about Islam last time, there's one God, Judaism, one God. Um but Hinduism has space for a lot of gods. And yeah. there's um kind of a huge range and, and all sorts of different ones. Um there are three big ones though, kind of considered the Hindu trinity. There's um Brahma, that's the creator of the universe. Um he's not Brahmin. He's not the universe itself, but he's the one who created it. Gotcha. Um, Then you have Vishnu, who's the preserver, and then Shiva, the destroyer. And Hindus see kind of all of time as this big cycle. It just continues to go in this pattern. And so it kind of makes sense. You have kind of this creation, preservation, and destruction that goes on and on. And there's um, kind of four eras within that. And so I think uh, modern Hindus would say that we're in the the final stage before destruction. (laughs) Um, Human morality and stuff has gone so wrong that... Shiva will destroy everything, and it'll be recreated again. Um, But those three kind of help create this balance in the universe. uh, Creation, preservation, destruction. Um, And so they're kind of the big ones, although there are, like I said, multiple other gods um, that do exist.
0: Gotcha. Cool. Um, Which kind of leads me to one of my other um kind of the central question now that we have kind of a good yeah. background of what we're talking about obviously there's still a lot of nuance and stuff that we can not discuss in a 30-minute in podcast yeah um but uh we you know we've got to get into the actual question which is Isn't all aren't all religions basically the same? Hinduism is one of the easier ones, as far as obviously it's not monotheistic. There's there's a lot of more clear differences than with Islam or Judaism. Um, But yeah, I think if we can just kind of start to dig into kind of on a base level, what's you know what's the big differences here?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, Well, first off, I, I think you're spot on that you know there's some big as Westerners red flags where we say you know monotheism. God is one. Clearly that's not there. Um, I think that, uh, what's interesting about Hinduism too, is there's this big understanding of, um, what's called Dharma and it's living your life according to, again, what your caste is, who you were made to be. And it's that living according to your Dharma that gets you karma and, and all of that. Um, but as part of that, they would say that there's, um, many paths to the gods, to God, to the oneness. And so sometimes people in Hinduism will use the image of, Um, kind of trails up a mountain that you know can reach the top Um, and so Hinduism in a way is very can be a very tolerant faith in that you know they might even look at a Christian and say hey that's great that you have your path Um, Jesus cool he can be one of the gods yeah Um, and so in some ways it's it can be enticing for westerners or or people who really want to be tolerant Um, but like you highlighted there's some some clear contradictions with the Christian faith first and foremost being that Jesus says, I'm the way. And so yeah. if it, faith in anything but Jesus clearly is an issue. There's just um, the one trail going up the mountain. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, there aren't all these other paths. There, We would say those are all dead ends, that there's one who has come down and that's the path. Um, and so clearly we push back on that and, and say, no, nope. it reminds us that there is one truth. His name is Jesus and that we hold to that. Um, yeah. And I mean, obviously we talked about, there's a lot, a lot of gods that we went placed in there. What's interesting about the caste system, which you talked about, like previous life karma. Yeah. There's a scene where Jesus and his disciples are walking. They see um, a blind man and his disciples asked him, asked Jesus that is, who sinned, this man or his father or his parents? Um, Basically, all right, so clearly if things are going bad for this man, it's either his fault or his ancestors fault. Yeah. So there's kind of this guilt association. You get what you deserve. And Jesus says it's neither, um, but actually says that this is, you know, helping him show that he is the Son of God, and he's, yeah. he's answering all those questions about sin, but what's really powerful about it is it highlights, we live in a broken world, and your circumstances are not completely just your own doing. It's not yeah. like, oh, in your past life you screwed up. Um, sometimes tragedy happens, right? Sometimes, yeah. sometimes the good die young, you know? Yeah.
0: Um, no, it's definitely a different, totally different way of viewing suffering. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you de- and kind of like we talked about is it it, de- it does feel like um, there uh, and obviously it, it gets so mixed with the government and everything else, but it does feel like with Hinduism there can be kind of the lack of grace element mm, where yeah. the the baseline assumption is um, you kind of deserve whatever's happening to you, yeah. where that and you know the where the Christian perspective would be much more, you know, like you said, sometimes you know this is just a fallen world and so like you said, and a lot of time, and you, you look at the challenges as something that is preparing you for a higher level of, you know, of glory and righteousness. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's a totally different way of, of viewing things. So I definitely think that's, um, that's a big thing. And like you said, um, like you said, kind of the example of, uh, who, as, as kind of a fan of history, I think it's, it's kind of underappreciated too. How often uh, Jesus was spending time with undesirable people um, all the time, right? And so this is definitely, and again, uh, a very far flung thing from from Hinduism, where you would not see people from higher uh, caste mixing with the untouchable, undesirable people. You're not going to see marriages between these castes. That's that's not going to happen. Whereas Jesus is saying, you know, I'm going to be in the midst of the people who need me the most. And those are the broken people. Those are the people who are making these mistakes. So I definitely think that's a a huge difference there.
1: Um, Yeah, I'm so glad you hit on that because that is so true. You think of the people he often criticized, it was those in like the priestly class who were trying to maintain this level of separation. And he kind of flattened it and said, no, 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 you're all, you know, all fallen humans, all sinful, but I've come for you all. Yeah. Um, And so he kind of tore down some of those Arbitrary human traditions that were trying to keep power and and push those untouchables to the side
0: So I did want to uh, kind of touch on for a second um, avatars mm-hmm. in um, Hinduism if you can kind of tell me a little bit
1: about that Yeah, that's the the term that people would probably know if you watch, you know, the old cartoon avatar the last airbender um, even the avatar movies um, That have come out. So an avatar is basically one of the gods who has come to Earth and taken some sort of form to intervene in some way. And so there's Mm. like a legend about the Earth getting swallowed by the oceans. And I forgot which god takes the form of of some animal as an avatar to come down and pull the land out of the water again. Gotcha. And so avatars um, are really this manifestation of a god on Earth in some sort of form, which kind of makes sense when you think of how we use avatar now. If you have like social media avatar, it's some sort of form of you in that space that isn't you, but it is, you're acting through it. Um, You think of the movie Avatar by James Cameron. Um, Originally, he is a man, spoiler for this movie, um, (laughs) who goes into this machine and he is acting in this body that is not his own, but it really is him acting. Um, So that's kind of where that idea comes from. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of the idea behind Avatars. So there's all sorts of Avatars. Every god has their Avatars that they've used in different stories. Um, and he's not an avatar, but then probably one of the most recognizable symbols of Hinduism is Ganesha, who is this elephant-headed yeah. um, god. And so it's actually the son, I think, of Shiva. Yeah, so the destroyer god has this son, Ganesha, who actually has a human head, but then Shiva cuts it off and he has to make do with the elephant head. Um, but it's a very important um, god because it's kind of the descendant of the destroyer god. Um, Ganesha is uh, a god of removing obstacles, which is why a lot of Hindus worship. Um, Ganesha, you'll see elephant headed statues where they um, put different oils and stuff on and touch. And it's a way of um, asking Ganesha to help remove obstacles in your life. Um, so yeah, that's, those are some of the kind of pop culture things that we might see. And that's kind of some backstory where those come from.
0: For sure. Yeah. And I, I just uh, kind of a, just an interesting follow-up question would, because, yeah. um, you know, there's other religions have interesting uh, interpretations of who Jesus was. Yeah. Um, so, kind of by by that definition, would in kind of a if if a uh, if like you said, a very tolerant Hindu were to add Jesus into their pantheon of gods, which a lot of you know through yeah. all of history, a lot of uh, of uh, pantheistic religions have taken on Jesus as a, just another member of the yeah. list of gods. Would they say that's an
1: avatar then? That's a really good question. Well, this is—I didn't expect to go here—but there was a a Christian at one point in the early church, name Apollinarian, yeah, and he supposed that Jesus was like the divine Son of God, who existed in a human body, but was not a human. So yeah. this is sometimes called like spacesuit Christology, or a spacesuit yeah. understanding of Jesus, like. You know, you can just imagine, like, God coming into a human body and kind of looking around through these eyes. Yeah. Um, now, he was, eventually the church was like, no, no, the Word became flesh. He actually was human. Yes. Um, so it's interesting. Even in the Christian tradition, we've had a little, there has at least been this idea that's popped up. Yeah. Of who Jesus is and kind of taking him in an, almost an avatar role where he's kind of occupying this, but it's not really him. Um, but, yeah, there is, I think, I don't know exactly. I'd have to ask, like, a Hindu who would yeah. accept Jesus into the pantheon. Um, but I, I, would guess that it could be that they'd either take him as a God, a lesser God, obviously, cause you have kind of your big three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or maybe they would just take him to be the form that one God had taken at one point to try and correct some things. Um, I'm not sure I'd have to ask, but that's a pretty yeah. fascinating question to think about.
0: Well, there's all, yeah, it's the, 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 doctrinal questions can, can really get <laughs> us in a, in a rabbit hole. <laughs> yes, <of course>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to continue on, um, to kind of, uh, there's uh, kind of through this conversation, if, if, if you've been paying attention, you can kind of tell there's a lot of aspects of Hinduism and kind of spirituality that have made their way into our culture. Obviously, yeah. they've been kind of westernized and stuff. Um, but I think that we had a couple extra things on here that we kind of wanted to get to where, um, like you said, that help us kind of refine our own faith and our own doctrine of kind of yeah. looking at some more of these differences.
1: Exactly. So a couple of things I just wanted to highlight when you think about Hinduism. Um, so first off, we talked about this eternal soul. And so Hindus would say that you are your soul. You're not your body. You're not your mind. You're not your ego. And that's a great philosophy uh, philosophy question that people always ask, you know, what are you? Hindus would say you're the soul. Um, And Christians are tempted to think like that. We often think I'm just a soul. I die. The real me, my soul goes to heaven and that's it. Um, But the Christian truth has always been um, that we are body and soul. From the very beginning, God formed dirt into the first man and breathed, the breath of life into him and so right there you have this body of this soul that theme continues and that's why for the new testament it's such a big theme of the resurrection um that death is this this terrible separation of body and soul for a time you know you die your, your soul is at rest but we look forward to the resurrection when the body raises too and we're kind of fully human again yeah um so sometimes we hear that like you are your soul and we're like oh yeah but it's not the full story, and that's why it's kind of helpful as Christians to kind of reflect on. Yeah. Yeah, that's not quite
0: the, the full story. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not just the ocean. You're not it's exactly, not, yes. Yeah.
1: 100%. Um, and that brings up a good point, too, that we are individuals, too. Yeah. We share a common humanity. We, we are creatures, like all of creation. Um, we are made in God's image, um, but we are not God. We are not yeah. part of God. Um, we are separate. He is a whole separate being beyond our comprehension. And so, um, yeah, there's more place for an individuality um, within the Christian faith than Hinduism would probably
0: take. Yeah. A lot more, a lot more distinction over the individual and the individuals, um, both body and spirit. Yes,
1: exactly. Um, I was going to say too, so a big theme of, um, Hinduism is Dharma, living according to your Dharma, whatever skills you have. Um, well, we would again, not take a, a Hindu worldview. It is interesting because I think Christians can at least, it's a good, worthy reflection because as Christians, we believe, you know, if you are a daughter, part of how God wants you to live is to live as a good daughter. Yeah. If you have been gifted and you find yourself as a teacher, you want to be a good teacher. Um, one time Martin Luther was asked um, what it means to be a Christian shoemaker, and he said, a shoemaker who makes decent shoes and sells them at a fair price. Like, to do well what you've been given. Yeah. Um, and so we wouldn't, I would never use the word Dharma in like a Christian context, but there is a sense of what has God given you? What abilities, what responsibilities, what people in your life and part of your worship towards him is to do that well. Yeah. Um,
0: Kind of fulfill your duty. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What stations are you placed in? Do that well and and don't neglect those. So, um, there is a little bit of truth in that concept, um, that, you know, I'm not gifted in certain areas. And, um, if I had this dream, like I want to be a great, great football player and I, you know, that's not my gift. And that would not be honoring to God to waste my time pursuing that. It's not that you can't play football, but if I neglected my family, neglected um, doing the work of God in other areas so I could pursue this dream um, just for my own sake, my own selfishness, that would be bad. But instead looking at what God has given me, how can I serve the world around me, serve my community, serve my family? That's the better question. And that's kind of in line with some of the, the ideas of Dharma. So
0: yeah, gotcha. Great. Anything else that we wanted to talk about before we
1: finish up here, PJ? I think that covers most of it. Again, Hinduism is, is vast. It's diverse. There's yeah, so much more. For sure. Um, but that definitely covers kind of the major swaths of it and, and kind of a Christian take on it. So,
0: Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us uh, next week. We will be picking up with uh, Buddhism and continuing this topic. And uh, after Buddhism, we're hopefully going to be looking into getting into some of the uh, kind of Uh, non-mainstream Christian sects as well as some other religions. So this will be continuing for a while. Uh, But please feel free to write in at hello at sjdenver.org if you have any questions you want to ask us. But otherwise, we will see you next time. Bye-bye.